We're told in the New Testament that we are no longer under the old covenant, but we're under a better covenant, the new covenant. Today, five things we need to know about the new covenant. This is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. If you like this video, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell so you can get all of our new videos. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. So the Bible tells us that we have a new covenant. In fact, in Hebrews chapter seven, we're told that there was a change in the law out of necessity. Because Jesus was from the tribe of Judah, there needed to be a change that he would be a high priest by the order of Melchizedek. And then it says, by necessity, the law changed. So the old covenant is done, not because it was done away with, but because it was completed. Like someone working on a painting. They complete the painting, and then they go on to a new painting. The old painting isn't bad, the old painting is just finished. And that's the law. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law, and not one jot or tittle of the law will be done away with until it is fulfilled. So that idea there, until it is fulfilled, tells us that the law would be finished and we would move on to a new covenant. Today, five things every Christian should know about the new covenant. Number one, Moses spoke of this new covenant. Of course, it is Moses that gave us the law, and Moses spoke of a prophet that would come after him who would be like him. Moses gave us the law. Jesus gives us the new covenant. Jesus is the fulfillment of that. But listen to what Moses said in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, that you may live. So the law was written on stones, on stone tablets. And then Moses wrote out the law in the book of Exodus and then rewrote the law, the second giving of the law in Deuteronomy. The new covenant is written on our hearts. God does a change inside of us. One of the reasons that the old covenant was weak is because it was written down and then we by the flesh had to keep them. That was good. It was good because it revealed to us what standards God had given through the law or through the old covenant. But by the flesh, we are weak to keep that law. It can show us our sin, but it can't take it away. But God changes our heart allowing us, empowering us to be able to keep the law by writing the new covenant on our hearts. Number two, Jeremiah spoke of the new covenant. Not only did Moses speak of the new covenant and talk about it being written on our hearts, but Jeremiah does the same thing. Listen to what it says here in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Notice that this is not a new covenant with the Gentiles, but a new covenant with Israel and Judah. These are the two divided parts of the nation of Israel. And then it says, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. So we know that this is the law because it was when they were led out of Egypt that they went to Mount Sinai and Moses received that old covenant. He goes on to say, my covenant, which they broke, it wasn't God that broke the covenant. It was them. They didn't keep it and they were scattered in the wilderness. It goes on to say then, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel in those days, says the Lord. 
I will put my law on their minds and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them says the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity and their sins I will remember no more. And so here, the second part of this uh, verses 33 and 34 have not been fulfilled yet. We are living in the new covenant now, but the day is going to come during the millennium period when they will not teach each other to know the Lord because everyone will know the Lord. But we ourselves today have our own personal relationship with Christ. And that is what the new covenant's all about. God's law being written on our mind, God's law being written on our heart and us knowing the Lord. The third thing we need to know about this new covenant is that Jesus instituted the new covenant. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 22:20. 20. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So now we learn that the new covenant has to do with Jesus's death on the cross, the shedding of his blood, as it says in Ephesians, for the remission of our sins. And this is the new covenant that is given by Jesus at the communion table. So that every time we take communion, we are remembering the new covenant of his blood, not the old covenant of the sacrifices of animals. The Bible says that the blood of bulls and goats could only cover sin, but the blood of Jesus Christ can take away our sin. And like Moses gave the old covenant, Jesus gave us the new covenant. The fourth thing that we need to know about this new covenant is that it's a covenant to take away our sins. Listen to Romans 11:25. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. And so all of Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them that I take away their sins. Not only is the cup that Jesus gave us at communion, the cup of the new covenant that speaks of the remission of sins, but the covenant that he gives us now, where he writes the law in our minds and on our hearts is to remove our sins so that we truly are as white as snow. So we truly are as white as wool. So the sins that we have committed are taken away from us and we are sinless positionally before our God. And then if we do sin, we confess our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Also listen to Hebrews 9:15, And for this reason, he is a mediator of the new covenant. That is that Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant, just as Moses was the mediator of the old covenant. It goes on to say, by means of death, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Not only does the new covenant give us a remission of sins, but an internal inheritance. And again, Ephesians tells us that this is the inheritance of Christ that we share in. The Corinthians are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that they receive everything, that they have it all because of the new covenant that we've been given. The fifth and final thing that we should know about this new covenant is that we are ministers of the new covenant. 
Not only have we been given this new covenant, not only is the old covenant completed, it is finished, and we are now living under this new covenant where our sins are forgiven and we are given an inheritance. It's so rich. But it also goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Now, the word minister is the word servants. So we are servants by God of the new covenant. This is what Jesus meant when he said, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. And he told Peter in Caesarea Philippi, I give you the keys to the kingdom and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. We are the ones that have been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ and we are servants of the new covenant. Listen to what it goes on to say. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Just like the law was written on our hearts and we are given the Holy Spirit, the new covenant is directed by the Spirit of God as us being servants of it, and it gives life. Where we were found guilty and dead under the law because we died with Christ, we are now set free by the Spirit to be servants of this new covenant. It also says in Hebrews 7.22, by so much more Jesus has become surety of a better covenant. That is, that as we have a relationship with him, he is the surety that we are in this better covenant. The old covenant was not bad, it was good, it just was weak and it could not save us. The new covenant under Jesus saves us to the uttermost and that makes it a better covenant. There are Christians today that wanna to still live under the old covenant, that wanna keep parts of the law. And I'm not saying that our freedom in Christ doesn't allow us to do that, but when we think that we're made righteous because we keep the Sabbath or because we keep the feast or because we keep the Passover, then we are not putting the proper trust in the new covenant that we've been given, one that has been given by God. This has been five things every Christian should know about the new covenant.